We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash hack it out. Just go to Indeed.com slash hack it out right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash hack it out. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Oh, right, Mark Rossford here, back with the Hack It Out Golf Podcast with Greg Chalmers and Lou Stagner. We are talking the new breakaway golf league tour. Uh, people are christening it Saudi Tour or the Saudi League. I, I don't, I've got issues with it even being called that, uh, but we will discuss them. This is a hot potato. If you're a little bit sensitive, maybe don't listen to this one because I reckon this is going to get heated. Lou and Greg, my first question is to you, and this is the funniness of this subject. Um, what is this new league going to be called? Because I hate the term Saudi league. Is it even called that or are people calling that that? Because to me, it feels like it's a, like it's maybe a slight negative connotation by using that as in it's like, say, it wants to use that word to remind people of the issues around where in the fact the investment as people would say it's coming from but I, I don't hear any other event called x y or z from where the money comes from as such what's this league going to be called do we know no mate i i honestly no one knows, it'll, be, it'll be it'll be you know the the league brought to you by uh, you know some insert sponsor here you know like it's it's, Will it uh, not be the Super League or the World League? Yeah, Will it not have yeah. a more of a generic name like that? Lou, do you know? Give me some cash, League. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, I've only seen it really called the Saudi League. And, and then whatever the – what's the, the investment group? Is it Live? Is that what it's called? The, the financial group that's behind called- all, all of the money, the one that Norman signed with? Um, no, but everyone calls it the Saudi League. So that's what everybody refers to it as. Okay, the Saudi League is what we're talking about. Then I don't. I want a better name for it because as a market, my marketing head is thinking it's not going to be called that. Because if it's called that, then that isn't going to work globally, is it? Do you know? No, what I mean? and plus, just, plus, like you know, we've said um, there's rumours that is negative events could be played here in the United States, right? You know, like, and that's the thing. Like, where are the events even going to be played? Does anyone know? We're calling it the Saudi League. I don't even know if they're like because people tweet and say things like. Well, if they're going to go over there and play in front of two people, then I'm not watching that. I think, well, where are you getting the information that they're going at? I don't know where. To, the European tour, now called the DP World Tour, we can get into DP and Dubai if we want to, but people don't seem to want to. Let's just focus on Saudi. Um, you know, that used to be called the European tour. It went to China. Like the PGA tour 
the US PGA Tour goes to Mexico, goes does it co-sanction with the China event as well? Possibly well, it's sure an HSBC it event in China. That's uh, right. And now it has the it had the China tour, which you know the development tour to get on the Corn Ferry tour. Um, so yeah, there's tied they're, they're tied in there, um, and so yeah, this is going to be interesting. It's it's hot. It's hot. As okay, so yeah, absolutely. So. No one knows who's breaking away, who's doing what, and what have you. Let, what, what do we? What's the biggest question we want to start with? Should we start with who who wants a breakaway league and who doesn't? Let's just have that one. Lou, do you care if there's a breakaway league or not? Um, do I care personally? Selfishly, that, that privately, selfishly. selfishly, like your personal thoughts. Not you know, I, no one can attack you on this. This is just what you feel. You're not saying this is right or wrong. This is like you want to see all the best players in one place. You don't mind if they're scattered. What are your thoughts? Uh, that's a complex question to answer. Um, I wouldn't okay. mind another league, uh, another place for players to play. Um, and so, I, you know, conceptually, I wouldn't mind another league other than the PGA Tour. Um, or I'll call it another elite level league at the same level as the PGA Tour. I, I wouldn't mind something like that. It would be interesting, especially if they do – which I know they're not doing that here, especially if they, they did things a little bit differently. Like I'm, I would be interested in, in the idea of a team concept. I, I think that would be fascinating. Like they play in college golf where if you had teams and they, and players were drafted into those teams and they played against other teams and whatever that would look like, I think that's relatively interesting. Um, do, do I still love the PGA tour and do, will I still gear my, you know, my fan watching experiences around the PGA tour and the majors? Yeah, 100%. Uh, but I, I like golf. And so no matter where they're playing golf and if they're professional players, I'm going to watch them. So it's a long winded answer to say I'm okay with it, but you know, again, there's a lot of complexities around this, this particular issue and, and, you know, am I okay with this one? Uh, that's probably a more complex answer. Greg, what about yourself? Um, again, a lot to unpack here. So let's say you have 40 players, the 40 of the best players in the world, and they roll on out and they play an event 10, 12, 15 times a year. Isn't some of the greatest stories that we all love, like think of last week we had the waste management, right? And you've got Sahith Tagala trying to win his first event. That to me is just as captivating, if not more captivating, than trying to watch Justin Thomas win or Bryson or pick an insert great player here. Yeah. Now, those stories will then go away with these 40, you know, let's say there's picked 40 players from the kind of numbers we're hearing, right? 40 to 50 players. And so is it as captivating for you as a viewer? For me, it's not to never have that story again. You've just got, oh, look, Justin Thomas, oh, so-and-so player won and he's a superstar. Next up, next week, we're doing the same again. Or it's a team format and this team won this week. We all know, essentially, if they do the same format every week, it, you're going to get sick of that at some point, right? So they'll probably have to juggle around between team format. I don't know how they're going to structure it. Um, I will say on a sidebar, golf moves pretty slowly. We do when it comes to, like, when New Orleans, New Orleans changed theirs to a team format and a best ball and a four ball thing, it was like they just reinvented the wheel. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> calm down. It's one event and, okay, we probably should do a couple more of these. But, um, you Golfers know, golf, don't like change, you mean? Oh, Is that it, what you're it's, it's crazy, right? 
Um, that, that's an out there statement. I just want to say I don't back that up. I think golfers are the most robust group of people. Ever. Right. You know, so do I want to see 40 of the best guys week in, week out? Not really. Um, I really enjoy that story. And that probably comes from me being an underdog throughout my career. I'm more captivated by those stories than I am the superstar winning. I think we get plenty as healthy diet of that. Um, so I don't know. I've, I'd love to see um, a combination of what they're going to try and do, which would be them embracing the PGA Tour and actually working together. That's not going to happen. I know that. Um, but I'd love to see a version where we had maybe a tour within a tour that wouldn't, that wouldn't sort of bother me too much. Um, where you Cake this- and eat it is yeah. basically what well, you're yeah. saying. Yeah, I want everything. Yeah. yeah, we're, yeah. We're, Moon on a stick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and look, and this, it, it's going to be so interesting to see because we haven't even touched on yet. Where are they going to get their future players from? Where, what's the exit pattern? Like, what do you do if, like, I hate to throw this guy under the bus, but he hasn't played so well in recent times as Ricky Fowler. What do you do if you have five Ricky Fowlers out of your 40, right, that you've got? And now how do we exit them out? Where does our new talent come in and how do we, where do we get that from? Because if I'm the PGA Tour right now, I'm locking down all talent, right? You, and what if you're off this tour? You will have a lot of money and that's fine after a few years or even a year, you might be bought out of your mind, though, if they punch you, right, for a number of years. And that, okay, great. You're not playing pro golf anymore, which is really at the core of it. What all these guys want to do is play at a high level against the best players. And if that gets taken away because of poor performance, that's something that needs to be discussed. Um, there's a lot about this that I, there's so many unanswered questions. I don't know what they're going to do. So a couple of points there. Um, you said about that you like the underdog story, which I think Lou was nodding his head and we would both agree with. That is great and it happens. Obviously, you'll still have the majors, possibly. They might not be part of it, but there's hints that you still will be able to play the majors, which obviously gives you four events of the year then where you've got your underdog story playing out. Three events of the year. Because so, let's say so, the yeah. Masters, the Masters is the Masters is already a Super League. It just is one event and no one seems to complain about it. Because the Masters is a Super League, isn't it? Right, essentially, yes. So and here's it the is. other it is. Yeah, it, it full is. stop. It is. It's always had lots of good money. It's a most very desirable event. So it's not the money as just the money, it's the desirability of wanting to win that event that they've built up arguably with a very shady history, but no one's questioning that. Like their history of how they've built that tournament to what it is has massive skeletons in it. Um, And you've got a field of what? 80 golfers around, don't quote me on the exact number, and 20 of them are past champions. So you've basically got 60 people. Yeah, yeah. uh, And some of them can't win. You know, they're they're not past champions, but they're like a little bit, you know, you've got, two or more amateurs who are generally not going to win, but does play you under. So you, you've got three underdog possibles if the majors are, but the other point is, is that maybe you can have underdogs still. And it's obviously an unanswered question with, like you say, your feeder tours, but how often does a Rory McIlroy come along? Let's just think about the last few years on tour. How often does a Rory McIlroy come along? So what I mean by that is Rory McIlroy didn't go to tour school. He got starts on tour because of his stature, because he was a superstar as a young kid and he earned enough money and off he went and has never fallen off the tour and become a superstar like he is. How often does a Rory or close to come along? 
I would argue two to three years, you get a version of a Rory that gets on tour through their stature, can stay on tour through their stature. Those people might go straight on to the Super League tour. I'm calling it Super League. I'm calling it Super League from now on. If I say Super League, you know what I mean. Um, Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So you are going to get people feeding it through because you're, let's take Rory as the extreme example. He would, his managers would have been approached by PGA Tour and other tours. Here you can get starts in our events. And if you can earn enough money, we'll give you free starts. You can stay. So those golfers come along. Will Zalatoris obviously came from a feeder tour, but he proved himself very quickly. He might have been a case for a Super League to go, actually, let's talk to that kid because he's literally got one of the tiniest starts on the PGA Tour because they're still like treating him like a little person. But then he blows up really quickly and all of a sudden he's earned his right to be there. His yeah. surely his contracts and what have you are going to be much looser with the PGA Tour because the PGA Tour don't even know if they want him yet. And and but doesn't that become doesn't that become such an interesting conversation? Because for every for every young Will Zalatoris or Rory or whoever you pick those good ones, there's also the stories of a Casey Wittenberg or a David Gossett Jr. or who came out were going to be the next superstar. Ty Tryon, you know, we're going back a little ways there, but some yeah, young yeah. American talent. That was like, hey, you're going to be a superstar. Now, come and join our tour. Meanwhile, though, the PGA Tour likely will find a way to lock you and say, you can't come back to us if you choose to do that. And now you can now young... push it to that extreme because that's, that's. I don't know. Like... I don't. I don't know how. That I mean, honest, I, honestly, I, I don't, I'm not a lawyer, but I imagine if people had the money, they could fight it, right? Because yeah. they have a yeah. qualification process in place that's open to. Um, it's a membership thing, but yes, it is open to people who, and you go qualify and they deal with that. So I don't know. Uh, there's so much here that I don't know what they're going to do, what the legalities of all this is and what they can say no to. Um, it's, it's an absolute cluster. I don't know what they're going to do. Okay. So my answer to my own question, which uh, you guys have answered there, um, there's a big part of me that wants golf to have some bigger challenges. And I've always said this to people I know, and I've said it about the majors. The majors have you by the male things that start with B. You know, they the, the majors have you, and maybe they deserve to have the authority that they've got. But I just look at open rotors. Like the open rotor to me just seems very, very open to quite a big debate that's never debated, handed to these courses that can transform the history of those venues, not just based on the quality of the venue alone, because as you know, Greg, I'm sure there are plenty of fantastic links courses in the UK that could stage that event, but are not even on the rotor. I've spoken to courses who have tried to get on the rotor and are close to getting on the rotor. And they've told me about some of the hoops that they've got to jump through to get on. Like there's politics involved. 
Um, and there's, so there's a part of me that just thinks I want these events to be challenged. And I know that isn't going to be a popular opinion because, you know, if you're a casual golf fan, it's those stable masters that make you know, or, or those majors that are like what you watch. So I watch tennis, but I watch Wimbledon. I follow the Aussie Open and I follow the US Open and I kind of follow the French, but I don't watch it, but I'll watch Wimbledon. Like, and so I get it. So that authority works on both sides of the thing. But there's a part of me that thinks PGA Tour, not the European Tour so much, because I think that is a different struggling beast, for want of a better term. Struggling is probably not fair, but you know what I kind of mean with that, as in it's not really retaining its megastars, does it? Um, and, it, 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 you know, the pot's not as big and the rest of it. But there's a part of me that thinks is not some healthy um, competition to golf, certainly majors possibly, and the PGA Tour. At the end of the day, it could be a good thing. could be a good thing for the underdogs. There could be more money for them. They could market their product more successfully to become as popular as... Like, I'm not a massive... I watch the NBA, but I, I talk about the NBA and people say you should watch college basketball. I personally don't want to watch college basketball, but I know it gets pretty big figures. They're able to market, in theory, a sub-level tour, sub-level event. And uh, am I right in saying that um, university football is mega popular as well, isn't it? More popular than maybe or as as the... So America has great success of marketing products that are arguably lesser products in other sports. Is that fair or not? I, I think the competition, and this is the, the competition side to what you were saying, there is no one exempt from doing a better job. And there was at no point in the last X amount of years, pick a number, has the PGA Tour been forced. It, it has no competitor, right? It has been forced to assess how do we do things and how can we do it better? And that's a, if, if you're the lead dog in a race, but you're not racing anybody, you're not being pushed. You're not being pushed to do things differently and things better. And all of a sudden, just all out of the blue, we've given $50,000 to every player on the PGA Tour now who plays 15 events. We just found that yeah. money. We're giving yeah. $40 million <laughs> split up between um, who tweets the most and who hits the, the you know, the yeah. vectors of the thing. The PIP whatever. or whatever it's right. called. We yeah. found all, I'm like, guys, you know, and this is where, you know, some of the players, certainly at the top level, you can sense their frustration. Right, because this all of a sudden just got turned on like a tap. Because now we've got competition, and for the longest time, if you think back and you know this, Mark, you know over there, I played Europe in the late '90s. The European Tour in the late '90s and late '80s was very strong, very strong. Oh yeah, Australia, Lyle, Langer, and Australia had a really strong tour. South Africa had a little tour. Asia was going okay. A lot of that, as soon as Tiger rolled up and the PGA Tour and everything went through the roof, they just swallowed everybody. You know, yeah. and now here we are. And it was all right then, wasn't it? Right. It was all right then. Wasn't it? <laughs> here we are. We're, we're like, oh, hang on. We've we got a competitor, you know. So um, there will be benefits and upsides. This will force the PGA Tour to look at how they do things, right, and how they run things and whether that evolves into different events. So I don't know. You know, we've already seen more money pop through. Um, but what do the fans want? You know, like, what do they want, you know, um, a team-style format? And we can do that. You know, they, they can do whatever they want, but this is going to force change. And as much as they don't like it, it's not a bad thing. What do the fans want is an interesting 
statement in lots of terms. I, I'm on both sides of the fence with that because obviously the fans are what make the event. I, I, I say this a lot to people who know me. You know, the Open, the US Open, they're only the events they are because of the fans. If the fans didn't support those events, let's say no one went to the Open, no one, no TV wouldn't go. If, if no one watched it, it wouldn't be a major. The fans are part of making that event. So there's part of me on that side of the fence, but there's also another part of me on the other side of the fence thinking waste management gets the most people through the gates of any event, yet a big portion of golf complain about the waste management and how it, you know, the golf could, you can only do a, a tournament like that once a year, they say. Uh, okay, my brain's confused now. So you can only do a tournament that gets nearly a million people through the turnstiles once a year. Like that's like saying I'm in this band, right? But I, I don't want to have a, like a stadium of people every month watching me. I want to do one of them. And then I want to <laughs> do much. loads of really small clubs with 10 right. people watching me paying no money. Like what? Right. <laughs> so I'm a bit split on that. I never quite, because I always think the fans will just watch. Like Lou said, hey, he loves watching golf. And if you're a golf fan, you love watching golf. Maybe you've got two tours to watch now. Maybe you can watch both tours. I don't know. Lou, what do you think? Do the fans the fans have a say in this? Um, they have a You're say. You're a golf fan. Yeah, I think you've got a say. They probably have a say in the in the sense of where they're going to spend their money, right, and what they're going to watch. And yeah, if if nobody absolutely. tunes in and nobody watches and and nobody spends any money on a breakaway tour, it's going to fold up and go away. Um, here in the United States, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but in the mid eighties, there was a, a separate football league that was started up that competed with the NFL and uh, a quarterback who ended up going to the Buffalo bills, Jim Kelly. Um, and I was a buff grew up in Buffalo and was a Buffalo fan and, and Buffalo, you know, had him, he went off into the USFL for a few years before it folded up and he eventually came to the NFL um, they didn't stick around. Um, they just didn't, um, they didn't generate the viewership. They didn't generate the same amount of interest. Um, and people just didn't buy into the new concept. So, uh, yeah, the yeah. fans will decide based on what they watch and where they spend their money. Totally. Um, so I, I think, totally. you know, if you read Twitter, um, that's probably a very different vibe than you would get from the typical golf fan that's not on Twitter. Um, I don't know how different it is, but I always, I always balance like what I think the overall golf world is like um, compared to what I just see on Twitter. Uh, Like Bryson is, is he's not, he's not everyone's favorite player on Twitter, but Outside of social media, for the golf fan that isn't part of social media and spends a lot of time there, he's a pretty popular guy, right? And that's why this new league is, you know, offering him a reported whatever it was, two hundred and forty million dollars, and because he's insanely popular. Um, if you asked the average Twitter fan what Bryson should get, they would say, "Oh, he's the worst golfer in the world, and we can't stand him, and I wouldn't give him any money because I don't like watching him. It's just no fun." Uh, but that's just not reality to what's what's going on. So long-winded answer so that I say yeah. people are going to decide with their money. Yeah, they will. I think that's a really good point, Lou. But maybe a counterpoint to that, which I think is quite an interesting. How many people who go to Wimbledon play tennis? How many people who go and sit in those stands who go to Wimbledon actually play tennis? Yeah, do you reckon probably not as many. I would I would imagine that. How many golf... people at the Super Bowl play American football? How oh, many people like at the none. Super Bowl play yeah. American football? How yeah, many people zero. watching the Super Bowl 
Zero. Are, are playing yeah. American football. Yeah, n- none. Yeah, absolutely none. So how many people on Twitter, and I know I'm not <laughs> saying that you said this, but as in how many people on Twitter are playing golf who are commenting about golf? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, I don't know. I, I would uh, just because golf is such a big participation sport. Um, I think somebody who's spending time on Twitter um, are probably more likely to be golfers. Are there a ton of golf fans that are just watching on TV? Yeah, absolutely. And those are the ones that are you know driving the popularity of somebody like Bryson, for sure. So this yeah, is, there's where, a lot so of this those. is point, so this is point. my point. This is sorry, I'll bring I'll come straight back to you, Greg. But I just wanted to finish my point there was that basically, <clears throat> yes, the fans will decide with their money. I agree with that, but maybe we're not even actually talking to the fans that are going to decide yet. Could be because yeah. a, a sure. super league has the ability to flop, totally agree, but also has the ability to be a Wimbledon and a Super Bowl. But I watched the Super Bowl and I tweeted about it, I saw you joined in on it, Greg. Like what on a halftime performance? I've watched it with my daughter. It was fantastic. The artists that you know, Dre has been a part of my life musically for years and my kids' life uh, in appropriate forms, obviously. Um, <laughs> but the amount of songs he's got his finger in is just fantastic. And watching that celebrated in LA was just uh, just fantastic. And I just thought my daughter and my son and my wife were listening to the halftime show. We watched it on YouTube like day after because everyone was saying it was amazing. And I just thought, well, like when golf tries to do that, the waste management, and that's a weak comparison, but well, that's the closest comparison we could probably have to what the Super Bowl was doing. Those stands are full of plenty of non-golfers. When I've been to the waste management, there were plenty of people walking to that 16th that I saw who were, you would... And it's a guess, but you're going to guess they're not playing golf every week. You know, it was husbands and wives and it, it was a day out. It was a, it was a fantastic day out. And I just went away from that event thinking this is fantastic. The same way I went away from Wimbledon thinking that was just such a good day out. I go to Wimbledon. I play tennis. My wife doesn't. She loves it. That's so that's maybe really so maybe the Super League audience haven't decided yet because the Twitter audience, I would say, is 80 to 99 percent playing golf and they don't want the golf that they watch in their slippers and their telly to change or have to pay for two different tours and all that because they're being selfish, which is fine and understandable. But it's also selfish in the fact that it, you could argue, and this isn't my opinion, I'm just putting a different discussion out there, that that's actually what's holding golf back because it doesn't appeal to those non-golfers as spectators sport enough because it is controlled too much by... Think, think of think of the... Just... just uh, Greg, I know you got something to say. Uh, think, think the Open. Think the presentation for the Open. The Championship Golfer of the Year. Then think the Super Bowl and the Waste Management. Just, just think in that order. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, if the Open oh, yeah. was an event that didn't have its history, people would watch it. As UK young people watch that, when that presentation happens, we giggle. Like, that is not what English people are like or British people. That is what people who went to Eton are like. That is not like the average. So, like, I watch that and just think, oh, my God. 
is the world thinking that English people speak like the people who does the presentation for the open? Like, because we don't wear suits like that and we don't look that grey. And I just think, wow, what a weird out. out uh, honestly, honestly mate, over, over here in America, we don't think about you much at all, to be honest. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> sorry, Greg. You were going to say about spectators. No, I what, I'm, what I'm going to say is, and this is, you know, I've been to a lot of uh, annual general meetings of the PGA Tour over the years, and this is what you're talking about is exactly what they've wanted to move towards, which was we're always going to get the golf fan, like the losers. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get those. Yeah. Our truly yeah. part to success is to get people in the gate and get them to watch who aren't golf fans who would just want to experience, right? What's going 100%. on? Right. Yeah. So waste management's a great example. That has, that was entertainment. That was entertainment with golf kind of in the background. And, you know, it goes in, it flows in and out between, if you're there at the venue, it flows in between, I'm here to people watch. I'm here because of the atmosphere and you can hear the, the roars and everything. And the yeah. energy, right? Yeah. And it's an event and it's, a, it's such an enjoyable day. And if you can manage to get into a 16, go right ahead and do it. That's awesome, right? Yeah. That is the world. If you want to move towards that, and this is where this, you know, um, Premier League or whatever you want to call it, this is where they may be thinking we can capture this. We can make these events not just, oh, look, there's the golf. Look at this over here. We've got this for your kids to do. Whatever it is, you know, I've joked with you guys yeah. in the past that they should install a half pipe on that 16th hole and have beer. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, like just make the hole, have flamethrowers in the corner. I don't care. But yeah. basically it'll be a show, right? And the golf will be part of the show, but you'll be entertained all day from whatever they figure out. If they just roll out and do golf again and just assume, and this is where golf struggles sometimes, you assume that just the players doing what they do is enough. And when moving to, if you look at sport in America and the most successful sports, it's a show as well as the sport. Go oh, to a basketball totally game, go to a football game, look yeah. at all the stuff they do at halftime, look at all the stuff they do. We have so much dead time in golf and we just kind of, I'm amazed sometimes that people show up. I'm just like, yeah. there's nothing going on. <laughs> yeah, dead, dead time on golf is amazing. Like they fill it with pictures of birds walking past, don't they? And it's trees, and and I just I just watch it thinking, like, really, this is all they can the production and spend a lot of money, and we've got a scoreboard up against a picture of the ocean and two pretty bland old people just wittering on the, to the golfers. Basically, I always think golfers are talking to my dad. Those golf think they're talking to my dad they're not talking to my kids and i'm still naive enough to think that i'm young but i'm not anymore i i am that dad but they're not talking to me still um but yeah i agree greg it's an interesting one i, I mean there's obviously no in, inclination that the, the, the super league or whatever we want to call it is going to go that way in entertainment but you could argue just by if they get the the marquee players that i presume they want just by having those stable of players might pull a China mass in viewing figures, an India or a country with lots of eyeballs who don't particularly want to play loads of golf to think, yeah, I do want to watch a group of people in this sport who in effect are, if it's marketed correctly, regardless if it is or not, because that's another Twitter thing. Well, it won't be the best players. Um, that's irrelevant. If it's marketed that way and that is marketed to people who don't play golf, like 
they don't know who the best players are or not. Do you know what I mean? They'll buy in. Best, best <laughs> they might, they, they've only got a bit yellow 39 of them, right? <laughs> is that, yeah. But I mean, I'm not saying they will. They equally right. might not. But if you market it correctly, then you've possibly got the chances of selling this league into countries that don't really particularly want to play loads of golf, but might want to consume it and watch it, which obviously for money terms as a business is only a good thing. Um, Lou, do, do you want to talk... Let's do it. Let's go there. My Come next on. question. Get, dive in. I, I do struggle with this one. Like, obviously, if you talk about this Super League, people do want to talk about the human rights issues or the issues about where the money is coming from. Now, I just want to say, and I said this on my Twitter account, yet still people would say, oh, how can you support a country with its human rights? I, even in the tweet that you responded to, I categorically state... I do not support their human rights policies. Like there is some serious issues with human rights in relationship to Saudi Arabia. I agree. Understand. But where the line is so mushy when it comes to this discussion, because like just for the base uh, discussion, people are telling me that on Twitter, which has got a 300 million a dollar investment from a Saudi investment company on. So they're tweeting uh, at me on an app that's got money from Saudi invested into it. Um, they're probably watching Disney plus they're probably using Google. Google have invested X amount of billions in Saudi um, technologies in the last X amount of years. Like it's complex. If you start going down where the money comes from, what it means, does it bother you where the money comes from? I don't even know if that's a fair question to ask you if you want to even answer it. Or, or what's your opinion on people's opinions of where the money comes from? You answer what you want to answer. Yeah, I know it's I mean, delicate. yeah that definitely we're seems... We're just free geezers. We don't know. Do yeah, that, that definitely seems like the, the sticking point. Um, that's what you'll read a lot is, is um, the money is... This is being funded from Saudi Arabia and, and people are uh, correctly... Um, not aligned with how Saudi Arabia um, treats people, uh, their human rights issues. And I'm categorically against um, what they do and how they do it. And I would not take their money. Um, but it brings up some interesting questions. Like Rory McElroy, he said today, I'm going to read it. Um, he was asked about this and he said, look, I've lived it. For the top guys, all that money really isn't going to change their life. I'm in a way better financial position than I was a decade ago, and my life is no different. I still use the same three, four rooms in my house. I just don't see the value in tarnishing a reputation for extra millions. So that last sentence is the one I want to really focus on. Um, it's interesting to me that Rory would say that, and I, I get exactly where he's coming from and what he means, but... If you go, there's places like the Cato Institute and others, you can go on Google and, and you can, you know, Google human rights score, human rights violations. And there's places out there that will rate countries. Um, China rates worse than Saudi Arabia. Um, Rory is sponsored by Nike, and I'm sure they paid him millions. Um, and they make a ton of their stuff over in China. Um, and you can go read story after story about how they're making it. Um, and so I, I find it you know, it's it's a it's probably more of a, a question for some graduate level, you know, um, philosophy class around you know his comment and how does that relate back to what he's doing with Nike, um, and is he really doing the same thing? And then 
it brings together, uh, it brings forward another question, or, you know, there's a lot of this sports washing, this term that's going around, what Saudi's doing is sports washing to try and shed a better light on what they're doing um, by bringing sport. Well, you, I, you know, you almost wonder about Nike, like, is that what Nike's done? Because uh, Nike, their entire platform for years has been to sign the, you know, the Michael Jordans of the world. Um, to yeah. bring these huge sports stars to represent Nike. And, you know, when I think of Nike, I, I instantly think of Michael Jordan, right? That's what I grew up, the huge Michael Jordan fan. I, you know, had, from the first pair of Air Jordans came out, I bought them and, and I absolutely loved it. And so has Nike all along been doing the same thing? I'm not saying they have been, I'm just asking these questions like it's a graduate level philosophy class. But I, I see some of these things that players are saying, and then they're sponsored by these companies that are doing a lot of their business in a place like China, which let's, you know, it's not exactly, um, it's not exactly, a, 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 you know, the best place for, for human rights. And I'll just kind of, I know it's a lot there to unpack, but those are kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, well, again, I think what's your, I mean, what's interesting, did he tweet that, did you say? Was that a tweet? Uh, no, he, he was quoted, he was quoted on that in an article. He quoted that, uh, he was interviewed by somebody from Golf Digest, I think. Yeah. That, that was yeah. the quote. So, I mean, Mark, Mark, Lou, that, that leads to that, you know, I alluded to this before we started this chat. I think most of us, if we really sat down, you have this moving line of, you know, ethics and morals, you know, and, and they're not equivalent, like, you know, obviously some of the stuff that we talk about in terms of how countries and human rights isn't the same as me jumping on Twitter. That's how most people look at it, right? But there is some level of hypocrisy there, right? It's like the, you know, the, the vegan or the vegetarian who wears a leather belt or a leather pair of shoes. There will be some level of hypocrisy to this discussion for most of us, I think. Um, this, you know, you talk about sports washing, Lou, I mean, I read an article yesterday talking about the 1936 Olympics in Berlin and they yeah. talked about how, you know, what the, you know, Hitler was trying to do and that was that was part of the process. It's been going on a long time. Sure, yeah. Um, I think this is really confronting for people of Rory's and that level of player that they're looking for because it's really, I mean, I know they're getting more money, but they don't need that is the way the public perceives it, right? So then you start talking about your legacy, and what you're leaving behind in the game of golf. Um, that's going to be really challenging for some of these guys. Um, and then do the fan, like we talked about earlier, do the fans care? Like do we do you know, when the golf actually finally comes on and it's an event here in the States or wherever it is, do, do they care? Um, we'll, we'll find out here soon enough. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a hotbed of, uh, you know, mishmash back and forth between, um, where you stand when it comes to where the money comes from. I think this would be even more fascinating if they came to someone like me and said, Greg, here's your net worth. Because that moves, it's not really moving their needle financially, but that's a really hard decision for someone like me, you know, because now, now you're telling me I'm going to double my net worth in a year. Well, yeah. cause it's a lot, it's really easy to sit here and throw darts when none of us are being offered a hundred million dollars. Yeah, if they offered me a yeah, hundred yeah. million, I, I, um, boy, it would be, it would be. I don't even know how to even process that in my brain. Um, right. It would be hard to turn down um, for sure. It might almost might be worth it. Like that might be a spin that they might, they might want to get like the thirty-nine best players in the world and me. 
um, and have me out there every week putting 84s on the board, like shanking them into the crowd. That would be, that might be actually entertaining. All right. It could be. Yeah, absolutely. You do I mean, I think you make, yeah, I think you make a good point, Lou, as well, because I do just think the line is so mushy. And again, this is not an endorsement for Saudi human rights. I don't approve of what they do. I don't either. It's fully on the record like, there. I, I can't say that enough. And someone will still say, how are you defending Saudi? I'm not defending Saudi's human rights. What I'm going to say, and I, the more I dig a little bit deeper, is that when you look, Basically, Saudi makes its money from fossil fuels. That's how it gets its millions and billions of dollars. Okay, fossil fuels are going and they know the world is going to move away from fossil fuels. So what they're doing is diversifying massively and they have huge funds. So their investments, if you look close enough, are everywhere. Like tech is one of their big things that they invest in massively across the world across the globe and tech companies invest massively back with them and they're obviously seeing opportunities in sport a very lucrative business of ways of diversifying their funds um and creating a, a stable economy for them to 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 go forwards um so I do think it's, it's 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 I just think it's really interesting when golf holds up a human rights card and it's good that it holds it up like we should all hold up a human rights card I totally agree but I'm holding up a human rights card holding an iPhone that was probably made and parts of it in China yeah. and I make money by using platforms like Facebook and Twitter that both have Saudi money in them and YouTube, arguably, because Google invests in Saudi, and I'm sure the other way, but don't quote me on that without doing a bit more research. So if we actually dig deep enough from the shirt we wear to the shoes we wear to the golf clubs we wear, they're going to come from a country that has human rights issues because lots of stuff, as I'm sure everyone listening to this pod, comes from China. But all of a sudden, golf has this human rights discussion. Well, where where's that discussion when it comes to how the masters has built up its popularity and its issues with how it treats certain people in society in years gone by and people can say yeah but that's in years gone by yeah it is in years gone by and we can learn and go forward but they've still built that brand around that that brand wouldn't be there if it hadn't done what it was doing in the area it was placed um so i do think it's a it's a tricky one and yes, human rights, Saudi, awful. But like Rory saying human rights things, um, I'm pretty sure he had properties if he hasn't already in Dubai. He was sponsored by a Dubai company. Um, he probably goes to Dubai to play in the thing. And he has he gone to China to play in those events? I don't know. I mean, I know he's gone to Turkey to play because I've interviewed him in Turkey to play. You, know, you look on your list there of human rights. I'm pretty sure Turkey has its issues as well with its neighbor being so close um it's too complex for us to even comprehend which is what lou's kind of putting at but it just seems to draw this line but ignores all the other lines that are blatantly just crossing back and forth over that line to suit its argument about wanting to watch the kind of golf it wants to watch which just to me just seems so so hollow and it seems so easily, I know I could tweet now, Super League, sports washing, it's a disgrace. I know that will get more likes than me tweeting, 
should we really look at where the money comes from in lots of the things we do? And maybe we could look and have a good open discussion about the new Super League and where its money's come in relationship to A, the platform I'm using and the phone I'm using and how where my car comes from and how it was made and all the rest of it. That one gets five likes. The Super League one, sports washing, that gets 300 likes. So I, there's a lot of me just thinks that it's... It's human rights, massive important subject, which I think we're all agreeing on that we're not condoning Saudis, human rights, laws and policies. But it like just holds this card up because it knows, I know what card have I got? I've got, I've got a racist one, sexist one here. I've got a human rights one. Um, I've got to grow the game. I'm going to hold up the human rights one now. Like that's what it feels like. It feels as hollow as that to me a little bit. Uh, is that fair or not? Does that make sense? That was a ramble, wasn't it? Yeah, Does it was a ramble. Sense? But I, I just wanted to comment that um, it's known that it's pretty much the law that the more likes something gets on Twitter, the more correct it is. So um, <laughs> it's just how it works. Uh, just yeah, for anyone listening at home, that's how it works. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, that was a bit of a ramble. Um, I, I have this question and I'm going to ask it now. Otherwise, I'm going to forget it. So, Greg, oh, first, we have to point out that Greg has this amazing T-shirt on that says golfers are athletes, too, which is yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, yeah. So for somebody like you, Greg, and I'm going to I'm going to say you're um, you're a little bit long in the tooth. Uh, does that expression yeah. ring true from Australia? You, you understand that? Yeah, OK, all right. Yeah. I'll just do it. You got me. So uh, for somebody like you. If this new league starts up and we lose, let's say, 40 players and they go away, um, that potentially opens up opportunities for you. That's 40 less players on the PGA Tour. And you might be able to get into more events, play more things because you're past winner on the PGA Tour. That gives you opportunities to do things. And if if some of them go away, you mentioned you haven't been offered any money by, by Saudi, but if those others leave... Like, are you, is part of you, or have you even, even thought about that, but is part of you saying, I hope they go because it might give me more opportunities. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. And look, selfishly, um, you're right. And I haven't actually thought of it from that angle because I'm kind of resigned to the fact that I'm only going to get what I get. And I know the PGA Tour, as much as, you know, <laughs> I love myself, the PGA Tour would prefer to not have, you know, a bunch of 48-year-old Greg Chalmers running around as their, um, as their talent each week. So, they don't look at that. I know for a fact they wouldn't look at that as a positive, and understandably so. Um, yeah, look, look there'd, there'd be there'd be a chance I get it. Like that's, I mean, essentially that's how I got in Pebble Beach. Yeah. I was third, fourth last guy in Pebble Beach. That's because thirty guys went to play that Saudi tournament, and got paid a bunch of money to go over there. Right. So yes, there'd be more opportunities that are, that are roll up, and I'd go play. Um, and then you know, push me aside but there'd also be more opportunities for the next young superstar as well, right? Because it, within our tour, I've maintained for a long time, we've never verbalized or spoken about it, but we don't have, we have too many exempt players, in my opinion. We give out 50 cars. We really should only give out 30 based on the fact that we really have, we have a lot of dead wood sometimes. Like to me, you should probably have 100 exempts or 110 like Europe does and give those 15 spots a week back to the 50 new guys that we brought in. And, and people don't understand this in the day-to-day -day life of the PGA Tour and how it functions. If you don't get your card sort of, you don't play well early in the fall, you get re-ranked to the 50th card, you, don't, you might go two months and not play an event, right? So 
this would be an opportunity if they had that to you'll end up getting some younger guys come out and they'll have more chances and you might start creating more of what they want which is the next scotty scheffler the sure. next pick a pick a number and right. pick a name and insert here so yeah that that part of it will have benefits and then it comes down to who who can sell and who can market and assuming we have any clue how I, all I know is the way the, the Premier League, or whatever you want to call it, the way it is going to be structured can't be the same way the PGA Tour is, right? Sure. Because we already get plenty of that. So, so they're going to have to do something. You different. know, maybe the way it's marketed and sold, maybe you should partner up with other players that are like you and go on this marketing kick to try to convince some of the guy, those guys to go to the new league to open up those spots for you. <laughs> like maybe you need to become a huge supporter for personal right, yeah, reasons. You should literally right. go round. You right. should yeah. have a shirt on yes. saying Super League is great. Yes. Off you go, boys. <laughs> <laughs> See you, <ya>, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can get on board get, with that. Get yeah. to New York and turn right. I love See it. later. <laughs> you should organize the players. Um, 5%. I'll take 5% um, of future earnings. Uh, so I love this idea. Let's run with it. Right, right. Just remember, five percent of nothing's nothing. Yeah, I exactly. Make it flat. <laughs> you don't want to go to flat rate. <laughs> oh, I love it. It's definitely a hot potato of a topic, isn't it? And again, I mean, I'm someone asked me what my opinion was on Twitter. Uh, I asked for people's twin opinions, and then we were discussing back and forth about, you know, I was sharing what I think was a sensible idea or not, you know, around because lots of people want to talk about investment, and I kind of. I'm happy for this one to play out as well. There's a big part of me that's just happy for this one to play out. I kind of not fussed either way. I'm super intrigued. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am as I well. Because you talked, I, I wrote down legacy here, um, uh, Greg, because you talk about legacy and you've mentioned it before. And obviously legacy could mean, and it means a lot of things when you say it, I know, but it, it can mean like, you know, obviously winning certain events has legacy, doesn't it? If I go to Florida at the end of this month and win the Arnold Palmer out of the blue, like that's a pretty big legacy event for me to put my name on and be part of that history. But I wonder, apart from just the money, and this might be 1%, it might be no percent, because the more cynical will say it's just the money, and I agree, it could easily be just the money. The legacy of starting a new tour could be absolutely phenomenal, couldn't it? The first people on that tour in a hundred years' time, they'll be talking about how this tour started, who started it, what players made it, what it is. Like, there's the potential to carve a new, more impressive, or equally as impressive legacy as well, possibly. I, I think you're you're right, and I think that part of it that you're that I. Sh- think they only part they struggle with is where this money comes from if this money came from the uk or you know pick you know switzerland or i don't know right. pick, insert you know good human rights country here right you think this would be unbelievable right we'd all be sitting i'd be sitting here going i can't wait to see this unfold yeah the legacy part of it is only the attachment to where the money and the cash is coming 100 percent. yeah i agree with uh, that. and and look you know <laughs> it, we talk about it um but in, in it, I think a lot of people, we, I love the game of golf. I talk more about legacy when it comes to think of what Nicholas and Palmer did to develop, how they grew through their popularity, grew the, what we see now as the PGA Tour. Um, that to me, and what Tiger did just through being Tiger, 
how he brought people in. That's the kind of legacy I'm speaking of. Will anything that these players have achieved or done for the game be tarnished in some people's eyes? Not mine. I, I, you do you. You have fun. You're going to make a bunch of money. I'm fine with that. Um, but will it be tarnished in some fans' eyes, particularly the super keen golf fan who really loves certain player because of how they, you know, deal with situations, but they might have a, you know, some part of this, you know, the human rights side of this that they really find disgusting, right? So, because mm-hmm. essentially it is, right? Yep. Um, so I, there's part of me that just dreamed this money came from somewhere else. That's such a great uh, point. Again, that's it's, this- it's such a great point. Um, it would be a completely different conversation and um, it would be 180 from where we are at the moment. Um, and it would be amazing if a place like Switzerland was behind something like this and it completely would change the narrative and there would be so much excitement about it, in my opinion. And I'm, I'm, and I know you want to say something here, Mark. Um, I'm a fan of competition for the PGA tour. I think that's yeah. healthy and it, it will help them to improve their product. Um, I'll always be a fan of the PGA tour, no matter what else exists. And I think this will help to make them better. Um, and so I, I like that aspect of it. Um, I wish that the, this, this league that was doing that um, and that might happen was not funded where it's funded from. Um, I wish it was different because that completely changes, you know, my desire to see something happen with that league. So anyway, over to yeah, you, Mark. I think that's fair points. I, I get that as well. I would agree if you take out that funding question. I just, I do struggle to move past that funding question yeah. because I want, and I don't think we're the right people to have the discussion. And even though we're having it, I just want the disclaimer. We don't really know what we're saying. These are just our opinions. Like we, we're not specialists in human rights law and what's going on behind closed doors in other countries. It's all off websites and hearsay and what have you. My brain, my slightly autistic side of my brain just thinks like you have this problem with this event, Lou, or where the money's coming from, which I understand. Yet I'm on Amnesty International's website, which I would argue is a pretty reputable source when it comes to human rights. And I'm looking at Dubai's human rights lists here. And you wouldn't agree with most of this. Yet I've never heard you moan about that and the money that comes or the events that in Dubai, I've never heard you ever moan about it. Whole European tours, the DP World Tour. The E stands for Dubai and the other bit is port, isn't it? Dubai Port Works or something, I think it is, is what that stands for off the top of my head. And why are you not complaining about that? That's a fair question. I think Greg hit the nail on the head where we all have, you know, different levels or we all have hypocrisy um, in, in some ways. I have a shirt on and it's, I guarantee this shirt's probably not made in the United States. It's probably and, and made I'm somewhere saying, else. I'm not yeah. saying I'm cleverer than anybody else yeah. as well. I'm not saying that I've got the exact, but that's my problem. It, that's what my brain just can't get past that. Like it's, it seems too easy to say human rights on a subject that is so complex and important to all of our all of our lives, it, it just seems almost too easy to state it to win a vote. The, yeah. the discussion about what it actually means and actually how invested in so many sports Saudi already is and other countries like China and Dubai. And then that's before we look at our own human rights issues and 
political involvements with countries that the UK and America both share and have individually. Like, it's very easy for us maybe in our positions to sit sometimes on our little stalls of entitlement, me included, do you know what I mean? Without actually looking at the facts of what we're really doing. And, and I just don't know. So again, I'm not for or against, I'm kind of happy for it to play out. I just, I do struggle with the human rights discussion being the, the switch that turns it off for people. It, I think it's too easy to switch it off for that. And I'm not, again, it's not defending their human rights policies. It, it's atrocious, but there's plenty it's, of atrocious things happening much, in many terrible. countries, you, you including want, our own. Yeah, you want a deeper, you uh, like, I'm not smart enough to have this. We need a proper human rights discussion. A proper discussion about, we're going to talk about this one. Let's talk about it all. Let's get it all yeah. squared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. um, that's why I struggle to call it the Saudi League. Because the Saudi League, if you say Saudi to a Westerner, this is a generalization. There are negative connotations from the beginning with that term. Because as soon as you say Saudi you're entering this whole cultural difference that is confusing for me and everybody. That's where I think calling it the Saudi league is basically like saying, it's like saying calling it the sports washing league. It's literally one click away from calling it the sports washing league, calling it the Saudi league, unless that's what it's going to be called. And I'm completely wrong. And I hold my hands up and be, I'm happy to be wrong on that. That's maybe what it is going to be called and so on and so forth. But that's what it feels like to me, which is, again, why I want a proper discussion. But what we need to do, I, maybe I should phone up Amnesty International, send them, I might contact them. We'll get them on the pod. Get them on the pod. And see if then, then, then we can have a proper conversation about it. And I reckon we'll get about four golfers listening to it. it I, I am super <laughs> intrigued to see where this all heads out. So can we can we talk about some we, – we talked about Rory. I brought him up. So there's some players on the yeah. record that um, – you know, as of very, you know, within the last couple hours, um, there's been some press conferences going on. Uh, it, it, they're at Riviera right now this week, and and they're uh, being asked about this, obviously. So Rory, JT, Morikawa, John Rahm, Tiger, Brooks, they're all out. They're all on the record as saying they're not part of this. And then there's yeah. others that have not said they're out. They haven't said they're in, but they haven't said they're out. Uh, so Bryson's on that list. And this is just what's being reported by some reporters out there, like Golf Digest type reporters. Uh, Bryson, uh, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mickelson, Lee, Westw Lee Westwood, many others. Adam Scott was added to the list today, too. Of, of He actually expressed, from what I read, interest and said the schedule is very appealing from a lifestyle perspective. So um there's there's some big names on that list i know we're we're talking and when we're pointing out that rory and jt and colin and john rom and and brooks are are on the record of saying they stay here but you know bryson he's a pretty big name dj's a pretty big name i know dj's late 30s but dj's probably going to be a good player for another you know at least more than next year um so people are going to watch dj people are going to watch dj so I'm curious to see who ends up jumping if they do jump. Yeah, and that's a really good question. I wonder, like, because it's going to turn into a battle of the players, isn't it? As in, like, just think, Greg, here you go. So, Greg, you're on the PJ Tour when you're top 50 in the world. You know, you're, like, at your height. And lots of the players that you want to compete against, that you 
like you know, they're the ones you're pitching yourself against, and that's what happens, isn't it? When I used to play tournaments, there were certain people if I wanted to beat, you know, they were the ones who'd win events. And I know if I'm beating them, I'm doing all right. But if those people go and play in other events, and you must have had it when I played amateur events, you had sometimes clashing um events in the uk amateur diary because the english amateur was run by the egu and then another event was run by like a local county but it was a prestigious event and wherever the bigger name players went you would think oh i want to go and play in that event would certain players skipping when you were at your height ones that you want to compete against for that tour and you were approached, would that make, would that be something that would make you consider going as well? So you say those players are out. My point is, is those players are saying they're out and that's cool. And I respect their opinions. That's good. But if enough people jump that they want to compete against, and if the popularity of that tour becomes what it wants to be, how long before they jump or do they just totally don't jump? Like Two questions there, really, Greg. But you see, yeah, what I mean? no, you it's, ju- a, it's a game of uh, it's it's the shit filling with water, isn't it? You know, like eventually, yeah. which ends are going to go down by. Um, it's if they continue to go, or do does this new tour kick off and yeah, this isn't it, guys. Can we come back? You know, there's <laughs> that. Stuff, you know, so I never chose events based on that, but I did experience the event was better when they were there. Yeah. Right. As a player, as a fan of the game, the atmosphere, the the buzz, the people that come through the gate, the extra people, they weren't coming to watch me. But if Tiger was there, I remember the first time Tiger, I think, rolled into Charlotte, it felt like a major. All right. Yeah. You could feel the you feel this energy about the the event, right? So if that is some element of that is taken away, then yes, that'll be really intriguing question to ask the players of that ilk, you know, like, hey. Hey, so we just lost 40 guys who were in 20 of them were in your realm of guys that you want to compete against week in, week out to prove that you're awesome. How's that going for you? Um, yeah. And so that has to be balanced with the guys on the other side. Hey, you've only got to beat 40 of us, guys, which sure you're getting a lot of money, um, but there's still that competitive side of you that's like, yeah, it just wasn't that hard to beat because 30 of them play like garbage this week and, you know, it really was a cakewalk this week. And yeah, thanks for the trophy. Next, you know, and that's the part of it too. We haven't even touched on the history of all the events that's built up over time, blah, blah, blah. And they're not going to have any of that. It's all contrived, you know, the Walmart open. They're going to have to build it, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Right, And, you know, how's that gone for things like, you know, President's Cup, say, or because, and here's the thing, and that's probably not a terrible analogy in that the President's Cup, the reason why it hasn't taken off, the competitions are strong enough, right? That's why it isn't working. If they had these big battles like the Ryder Cup had had, that'd be taking off. That's the you parallel that to what's going to happen here with these forty guys. I'm intrigued to see is that enough for the fan week in week out? You really have to buy in like a Formula One F1. You have to buy into the team you're behind, but that's got a lot of history on its side already. So sure. to create that history is going to take them time, and they better be. We know they've got money, so. They better be yeah. real patient because it might take them a minute. Yeah, but um, it's not week in and week out, though. They're only talking about 14 events. So th- this wow. is, yeah, this is a, a really small, and I know it's it, it's easy for me to say this, but um, it would be great if there was a league that started up that wasn't funded by Saudi, but it was funded by Switzerland. And it was the best 40 players. And it's, it's sort of like an expanded WGC uh, maybe a little bit better, a little bit different, but 
if the PGA tour would allow those players to go off and play in both leagues. And I don't, I don't, I don't think that they would, you know, more about the the real answer to that, Greg, than I do, but it'd be nice if they were able to bounce back and forth and play and, and, and didn't have to, you're allowed to, you can go play on three other events elsewhere, but you have to get permission and they have to approve it. I, I, that's just what I've read. Let me, let me, let me tell you about the psychology of that with the PGA tour. Right, yeah. I was coming, I was coming off an injury. And I wanted to go play. You're allowed to play five warm-up events on the Corn Ferry Tour if you want, right? Yeah. And when I was coming back from my medical, well, there weren't any Corn Ferry events because the timing of when I was coming back was right around August and September. There was nothing on. They just finished their playoffs. And so I didn't want to wait till the following January. So I asked for permission to play a two-day event in Texas and or Florida, right? A couple of those, which would compete, would, would sorry, those two events, those days I chose, I wanted to use them as part of my warm-up. They would compete with a PGA Tour event, so I got told no, right? Mm. So that's the kind of thing, if you think they're going to let them go to go play for hundreds of millions, they aren't doing that, right? And the model that you're talking about, honestly, Lou and Mark would know this, is the Indian Premier League, where the guys go, the cricket, it's cricket, they all go to India for a couple of months, they play cricket, they get paid a ton of money, they, they flood the market with good, you know, fun, entertaining cricket, and then yeah. they're released by all their obligations from every other club, wherever they're playing or country, and then they go back and do that and play at that. Yeah. There's a future where that could work. I don't know if the PGA Tour would like that. They're, they're not going to yeah. jump on that, but that, I could see a future where that could work. Yeah, where you interesting. Just, yeah, where you have this, you know, an option for players. Because it's interesting as well, because you say, because I, I relate this as well to the um, the drop tweeted or Instagram drop comment from Perez that kicked oh, off. Oh, no, yeah, it was Charlie Hoffman, you mean? Charlie Sorry, Hoffman. Charlie Hoffman, yeah. Charlie Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman, Charlie Hoffman. And lots of people were talking about the, you know, the drop. And I thought the drop is like Charlie Hoffman hasn't, I would guess, been going along like this. Doopy-doo, PGA Tour, doop-boop-boo, drop, rolls back in the water. Oh, this tour's a joke. It's ridiculous. We're not protected. That, that That's one of many things similar to the story you've just told there that have added up to this chance to explode over another tour that gives him a tour. People think it's like, he should know, like people were talking about, he should know that the rules and the drops. And I used to, Oh my God, it's not, he hasn't just been dootling along loving PGA Tour and then all of a sudden hates it. Like that's a, a number of things where he's probably had a similar ask and they've, you know what golf's like? Golf, yeah, when golf has yeah, the power up. over you, golf has a very good way of being a little bit nasty. And certainly in the UK, <laughs> committees, EGUs and all this. When I was amateur golf, you know, you wanted to play. There were certain events you couldn't play in if they clashed with EGU events as well. And it was like, well, I don't want to play in that event. Like, there's hardly anyone playing. I want, you, know, you can't play in that one. I, wow, this is ridiculous. Um, so it, it was. I just think it's interesting that 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 those kind of stories that don't come out that you just told there. There are plenty of players feeling like maybe the PGA Tour isn't always quite on my side. And then, but then they relate it to money because it was quite interesting how on Twitter, Charlie Hoffman was just wiped off the planet as a pretty nothing player, wasn't it? We talked a bit oh, about yeah. it, Lou, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I wish I could yeah, be that nothing. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. They were just wiping it. Oh, I wouldn't pay to watch Charlie Hoffman, and I wouldn't like Charlie Hoffman. He doesn't want this and this. And I used to, I said, oh my God, he's one of the best players in the world. Like he is one of the best. Like he is one of the best players in the world, regardless what you think, um, and regardless if he is invited to that tour or not. That's not the point. He's basically just frustrated with that tour and some of the things that go on on it. And I got, I got a comment out. about that. What I found uh, hysterical about that there was a number of people that were you know uh, minimalizing uh, what Hoffman's career was they were saying it was a bad career he you know he's he, yeah. he's only had two top 10s in the majors etc cetera, etc cetera. he's won four times on the PGA tour um Rubbish. he's had two top 10s in the majors and what's funny if rewind a few days before Hoffman did that we were celebrating Charles Howell the 3rd 600 event he had played his 600 start and we were talking some of these same people were saying what an amazing career charles howell has had he's just an atm machine he's made all this money he's phenomenal charles howell the third has three wins and one top 10 in the majors and so a few days before we were celebrating charles howell for what an amazing career he's had and then a couple days later because charlie hoffman said something that we didn't like um, we were saying his career was horrible. Um, I don't understand the math behind that. Richard Bland. You've heard of Richard Bland? Oh, I yeah, know you sure. Yeah. How many events before he won his first um, European? It was tournament? hundreds. It was like 400, 377. Yeah. We celebrated it. And we should have. It was great. And Richard Bland's a lovely guy and an amazing competitor over years and an amazing golfer and deserved all the hard work. He was celebrated. And is still now and should be. He's a great player, but just lost Charlie in the playoffs. Almost got number two a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, he yeah. lost in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I'll, say like, is I'll, swap, I'll swap careers with all of these people. <laughs> yeah, me yeah, too. Yeah. Me too. But like Hoffman said something, which is a little, I mean, he was probably not in the best man. He, he should, like, Charlie should probably have a chat with Ken from well, our other podcast. Yeah. I mean, he said, he <laughs> said he, uh, he deleted that remark and then said he was trying to draw attention to it by putting that other stuff in there. And uh, if he, it's an interesting question. Um, if he would have never included anything about Saudi, would he have gotten any attention on, on the rule? Uh, I don't know. Probably not. The rule is ridiculous. What happened? The it wasn't that he ridiculous. didn't know the rule. The rule is just ridiculous. I know. I know. I know. It's, 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 and that was what he was trying to draw attention to. Um, but he definitely lit a, lit a fire under a lot of people in the social media world. <laughs> I love it. I love it when golf gets fired up. Because it was good. Can you, do you ever think that other sports would just, you know, let's say a hockey fan or football fan just floats into golf Twitter world for a little while and goes, really, is that what they're arguing about over here? Oh, you it's know? like that with everything. We think we're special. <laughs> a friend of mine, a friend of mine who um, is like, he, he's gotten into fly fishing and apparently there's fly fishing Twitter and the battles on fly fishing Twitter are worse than golf is what he tells me. So football, soccer. You like don't even begin right. to talk that on Twitter. Like I, I mean, I don't talk hardly any basketball on Twitter because none of my followers really know what I'm on about. But I watch a Lakers game and they're rubbish at the minute and they lose and I post something. And then all of a sudden I start getting people who actually obviously follow basketball commenting, saying things I don't even understand. I just think like, guys, I buy the app and watch a few games. Like, calm down, come on, like. <laughs> 
I have a, I, I have a tough question for you, Mr. Crossfield. It's Ryder I've Cup. I've got one other thing. No, 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 no. We're going Go here on. first. It's Ryder Cup related. I got to ask this. I don't know yeah. who wrote this, but I saw this somewhere on Twitter when I was scrolling through, and it was a, an interesting question. So we've always heard through the years, you know, in the, in the last few decades, the Europeans have had a much better Ryder Cup record than the United States. We know, we all know that. Um, and it, it's not uncommon for us to hear that, you know, the Europeans just wanted it more. It was, it was part of their every fiber in their being. There's a number of players right now that have been, you know, historically solid Ryder Cuppers for the European squad for the last couple of decades that are rumored to be a part of this new breakaway league. So Westwood, Stenson, um, I've, I've heard, I've seen Sergio's name. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, but the question that they asked was, if these guys are all real, really, uh, if they're all willing to walk away from future Ryder Cup captaincy, and those players we just talked about um, are probably in line for some of those things, did they really want it more? Um, and and it, was it, it, it? Does that question make sense? And does it hurt your it feelings? Does, yeah, 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 yeah. That doesn't <laughs> hurt my feelings at all. Honestly, I literally don't care. Oh no, you care. Like, because I also <laughs> I care about the Ryder Cup. I, I think the captaincy thing is an interesting discussion about actually how much difference it really makes. So yeah. I kind of don't care if they're sure, captain sure. or not. But I mean, the players you mentioned, I mean, Westwood was in Saudi Arabia playing the European Tour event. I don't know if he played in it last year. He was definitely played in it this year. Um, so, and that's the other thing that I think is interesting. The European Tour has an event in Saudi Arabia and their players go. Um and people do say the human rights thing around it when they go, but it still happens and it goes and happens. And like, so, but what my point is, is that like um, Westwood, and I'm not talking for Lee here at all. He's got his own opinions, but he's, he's prepared to play in a Saudi event. So he's obviously prepared to think about playing a Saudi back tour. Cause he literally goes and plays in the event in Saudi Arabia. Um, but good point. Like, I'm not going to rise to your Ryder Cup quips. You know that. <laughs> You've I'm won still... one Ryder Cup in the last I don't many years, and you're me... like king of the hill. Let me enjoy it and rub it yeah, in a little bit. Won it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I've got I've got one last thing. There's anything else uh, people have got other points to make here? I think we've covered quite a lot here, and you could go on all night about this because it is an interesting uh, topic. And I'll round up everyone's opinions at the end of this. But I interviewed Rory. I don't know when, but in Turkey, I mentioned earlier, and it was before. I think the first Olympics, don't quote me on that. I think it was the Olympics that Justin Rose won his gold at, which would have been in Brazil, I think. And Rory, I interviewed him and asked him about if he'd play in the Olympics. And he said to me in the interview about me looking it up on YouTube, you can go and look it up and correct me on what he actually said, because I'm probably going to get it wrong what he actually said. But he basically said he wasn't going to play. He's not going to play in the Olympics. He doesn't believe it should be in golf. It's not really golf. He doesn't relate. He wants to concentrate on the ma on the majors. And it's like he's not going to play the Olympics. Doesn't mean much to him. Not going to play. He played in the Olympics in 2020. So Rory is out of the Super League, cool. And he's got three rooms in a house full of 50 rooms or whatever. And he only uses three of them. And he says all these things. That's great. And I respect that. And cool. You should hear what he said about the Olympics. I mean, he was blatantly not going to play in it. And he changed his mind by 2020 to play in the Olympics. Because obviously, Justin Rose winning that gold medal. Justin was very good ambassador for the gold medal. I interviewed Justin and he, I fouled his gold medal and he carried it with him everywhere. He took it to events. I remember him 
marking the ball with it. I think at the waste management, possibly was it in the 16th and it got a massive roar. He was brilliant at celebrating his gold medal that I think helped golf then and other golfers think I kind of want that. That's cool that he's got that. And I wonder with the Super League, where equally it could fail, I think, lose comparison with some American Football League that flopped, if it was American Football you mentioned earlier. I could easily see this flopping. Absolutely, could easily see it flopping. But I could quite easily see it doing what you could argue the Olympics has done. And I'll just put it to you, Greg, maybe. I don't know if you've spoken to your compadres about this, but I would say that's gathered a portion of momentum, the Olympics. It gets enough big players to play in it now, doesn't it? Oh, no question. And I would say... Um, but the first one was players, debatable, players wasn't will it? Change their play- there will be someone who changes their mind on this, if it's successful. Absolutely. Yeah. There will be someone. Be, but yeah, there will be. And for whatever reason, pick money, pick... It's just run really well. There'll be some way, or they love the golf courses, who knows? But there'll be someone who changes their mind if it's successful, right? Vice versa, there could be someone who changes their mind if it sucks. You know, it's... Yeah, says, and hey, you to run back, back to the PGA. Yeah. So that could happen too. Um, I, with the, with the Olympic side of things, yes, there has been, and I've always, I understand the argument and the discussion around, you know, if it's not the mecca for your sport, um, you know, it should it be there. Um, you know, let's all get in the real world. It, it, it's there because it generates interest and money, right? And that's how, that's how we're now seeing BMX in there or it's become, you know, some other sports that, you know, sadly, some of them are on the way out because I used to love the idea of, hey, we get to watch just this one thing every four years that I wouldn't normally watch. But that's just me as a fan. Um, but, yes, the Olympics has definitely grown in terms of what how players think about it, and certainly Rosie helped a lot for that because mm. it's it's unattainable if you're not there, right? Yeah. You, you've got to be there to win that gold medal. And so there's a lot of um, – that, 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 that definitely has a, a, probably a litmus test for – how guys can either a adjust and change, um, and then how you can grow in popularity with the same product. Yeah, I mean, out of all the things I've lucky enough through to hold and touch, from the Ryder Cup to the Claret Jug, um, his gold medal was pretty cool. It was pretty up there to hold a gold medal. That is a, an event that has been going on since day dot. You know, like the Open's old, the Olympics is pretty damn old and he's old i'm holding his gold medal and I, I just remember thinking that's just he was great at championing it and it was cool it was really cool holding the Ryder cup was cool but it uh, the gold medal was cooler for me it, it was like it was, it was different and and someone like rory obviously blatantly changed his mind he I, did he win i don't remember if he won a medal or not if he didn't i'm sure he'd want to win one Hideki won gold, didn't he, in Japan? That's right, uh, he did, he did. That's and, right, uh, it was in Japan. That's and, right, in uh, Tokyo 2020. So Rory. Rory, yeah, Rory. Yeah, he won yeah. a medal. Yeah, he won bronze, I think. Yeah. The ones that I, this is why I love watching that event, just quick little sidebar. I love watching to see how the Koreans do because they get exempt from their military service yeah. if they win a medal. Yes. That is a fascinating they, story. Yeah, that's that pressure, is fascinating. Right? Yeah, that yeah. is pressure. Two years of your yeah. life. For sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There you go. That was a, we did I, quite well there. We Sorry, did. Lou, go on. I got one well, more got question. More. Yeah, so it's just a quick a question for Greg. Again, is Two it? questions Please, for off. Greg. Two questions oh. for Greg. So your 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 t-shirt's amazing. Golfers are athletes too. My two questions. One, where can I buy that? 
And two, is it manufactured in a human fr- rights friendly country? This is, um, oh, what's the, uh, what's the Radloff, um, the golf comp- golf shirt company, the pretty swanky stuff. Uh, I can't, not Tommy. Uh, I don't buy Matthew. swanky golf clothes, so that's out of my yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah, no, Matthew, uh, I've forgotten the name, name of him. Travis I'll, Matthews? I'll look it up here. Travis Matthews. There you go. That's that. Travis right. yeah, Matthews. Yeah, yeah that's Travis good. I have to get one of those. I have to get one yeah, of those. And I've got one too. Potential new sponsor one. for the podcast, possibly. I'll message them over the weekend. That's a big name job. That's a, a yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look at like, Lou's eyes. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> I'm in. Greg, you need to wear that when you're when you're posting all of your cross sport videos that you put out there. So <laughs> right. I, I've got another one coming out soon. Don't oh, you guys, they're right? they're my favorite. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. There you go. Is that all your questions done, Lou? Are you finished now? I, I yes, I am I am completed, sir. I think so. <laughs> I'm not the headmaster. Um, that was fun. That was good. I, I think we did all right there. I'm sure we've upset plenty of people and I'm hopefully created some conversation. Again, I just want to reiterate, we're not supporting Saudi or their human rights policies in any way. And we don't think they're disgusting. Um, that's okay. not the point of that discussion for us. Um, it was more an open discussion about, you know, the deeper side or not deep enough of where, everything comes from at the end of the day great podcast as always guys thanks i really enjoyed that thanks for listening everybody let us know your opinions as always i know this one does would it, would it be fair this one splits the audience or is it more of an 80 20 like i think it's an 80 20 i think it's a 95 20. 5 i think do you yeah yeah if you look at the twitter world and the comments section i, I follow it reasonably closely and you get some that randomly you'll get that one person who's like, Oh, I don't care. I just want to see golf. But a lot of people are fired up about it. Yeah. The, and this is the joke. Yeah. 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 Golfers, eh? <laughs> Stub- all- Stubborn bunch, aren't we? <laughs> we are. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, that was a lot of fun. See you in the next podcast. And uh, let's see where this goes in the long run. Bye.